0: Welcome to CamdenCast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven podcast.
1: On today's episode of CamdenCast, we will be discussing Season 8, Episode 7 of 7th Heaven. The title is Getting to Know You. Our IMDb user synopsis is, Roxanne is worried about her first time being a mentor. When a neighbor's home is robbed, she thinks it is the boy. Eric and Annie host a party for the new neighbors who are hesitant to attend for fear of prejudice against them. So, what was your first impression of this episode?
0: Um, Beyond the fact that this was a recycled storyline, we've kind of already done the um, Muslim family feels outcasted in Glen Oak, and the Camden's come to the rescue. Like, shtick. Um, It was... I feel like this was kind of closer to our formulaic Seventh Heaven episodes, uh, where like the Rev solves the world's problems and which seemed like after you know after one conversation with the entire neighborhood the Rev solved racism right uh this is how it works it's also I guess like I think it hits me sometimes um the fact that the show took place over what 15 years ago now Yes. Um, Like, this season anyway. Because, like, this episode particularly was about, like, a sentiment that took place only in that time period. A lot of times, like, we can talk about things that, like, you know, there are certain things that uh, play over, like, time. Like, teen pregnancy or, um, like, like any of the other issue episodes about, like, veterans and stuff. But this episode specifically, the issue is about, like, the anti-French sentiment in America, (laughs) which is very like particular to that time period and it kind of i don't know it's like a trip down memory memory lane <laughs> remember when americans like changed the name to french fries and french toast to like freedom fries <laughs> like that was a thing that happened it was a moment for some a, reason i know so yeah it was i think this is one of the first times i fi- kind of felt like oh this doesn't really you know transfer over to modern times modern times <laughs> modern times <laughs>
1: Okay, so let's get into it um, The cold open Starts with um, We see Roxanne is still like Volunteering with the At risk youth program mm-hmm. And she gets assigned Someone, she's at the police station yeah, And she's like looking over Who she's been assigned to and Detective Michaels is like, oh watch out For that kid, he's had like Six or seven different mentors over the past Four months, nobody can handle him and Roxana's like, Well, he's never met me. So she's off to be the best mentor there ever was.
0: So the kid's name is Jordan and we'll meet him later on in the episode. Um, next is I guess this actually this cold open, I think this is the first time in season eight we have all of the storylines in the cold open. Usually we just have like a brief scene. So the next one is Chandler and the Rev um, at the office in the church. It's a Friday night, and it's date night, and the Rev is kind of like, you're not dating, why aren't you dating? And Chandler just explains that at first he was dating anybody that he could get his hands on as like a way to get over Roxanne, but now he doesn't want to date, he wants to be in a relationship. So there's this kind of setup of like, oh, who's gonna walk into Chandler's life next? Um, and the final storyline that gets introduced is the Neighborhood Watch. (laughs) So,
1: in the last episode, the Rev asked everyone to take on a project and Kevin was like, I know, I'm going to lead a Neighborhood Watch because the people of Glen Oak need to know how to look out for themselves. So, he finally has his first Neighborhood Watch meeting Um, and I don't exactly, like...
0: Well, the thing is, nobody's showing up because the only people that have volunteered are Camdens or Camden-adjacent people. So he's like, how do I get more people? How do I get more attendance? So uh, Annie comes up with this idea of having a block party the next day. And if you come to the meeting, you can come to the block party. It's like this like incentive kind of thing. And so that's the plan. And they have an under an hour to make it work. And that's how the cold open ends. Hijinks. Yep. Um, so we're going to start with Roxanne's mentoring storyline. Um, so we're introduced to Jordan, who everyone will, I feel like everyone will pretty much recognize. Absolutely. He's played by AJ Trout, and that's Twitty from Even Stevens, part of the trio of, what is the kid? Louis? Louis! Louis. (laughs) Shia LaBeouf's, like, friends. Yeah. He's that one. (laughs) Um, and Jordan is obviously the troubled youth. Uh, so... It's like, I don't know, it's your typical storyline of, like, mentor and troubled youth where they keep on making missteps, where she, like, is kind of not believing what he's saying, and he's like, you don't believe what I'm saying. And there's kind of, like, this undercurrent of flirting, which is really uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, um, so at the end of their, like, first meeting, Roxanne is like, okay, so do you want to go see a movie tomorrow? Um, I was thinking that's, like, a way we could get to know each other better. And he's like, no, I have to go... I have to help my mom tomorrow, so I can't do anything until next next weekend. And he immediately jumps all over Roxanne because she, like, pauses for a moment. And he's like, oh, see, you don't believe me. You're just like every other mentor. You you think I'm, like, lying to you, but I really have to go help my mom. So Roxanne is like, okay, no, I really do believe you. And she thinks that, I guess, showing that she trusts him will make him, I don't know, behave
0: So, elsewhere in Glen Oak, at the uh, Smith residence, so that's Cecilia's house... um, Cecilia, George Cecilia. And and their mother. Unnamed mother. (laughs) um, There's been a robbery. Uh, This kind of connects to Kevin's storyline, which we'll get into in a second. Um, But uh, they've been robbed by three teenage boys... Um, And there's, like, a list of all the things that have been taken, and they're, like, the police officers are meant to go look at the pawn shops and warn them and stuff, and there's an investigation happening. So later on, and this connects to Roxanne and the Jordan storyline, because later on in the episode, at the police station, she gets delivered a package uh, from Jordan. And
1: she opens it, and (laughs) it is a pair of earrings, uh, and, of course at this point, I think the audience is supposed to have put together the fact that obviously this kid was not helping his mother and he was somehow involved in the robbery. Uh, so Roxanne locks him up in a cell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because she gets his mother's permission and even though they have like no evidence, well, actually they have a lot of evidence that (laughs) suggests that he was involved, but, um, he's like, oh, I didn't do it, but, like, some friends of mine are the ones who did it, and I don't know,
0: they gave me the earrings. Um, yeah, I, we don't, like, so Aaron and I were kind of confused as to why Jordan would give the earrings to Roxanne. Who
1: was a police officer?
0: Yeah, and also, like, why? Like, obvi- Well, like, he was inf- obviously
1: trying to start a romantic relationship with her.
0: Well, that is true. In the previous scene, he did ask her to dinner in a movie. But also, he's a child. Um... It's just it was it was such a strange plot point to have in like they could have easily just I don't know they could have done something else where she figured out that he was the um, he was the person that stole it because I think it was kind of a it kind of seemed out of character and also just stupid for him to give her stolen earrings. Right. Um, And so there's this whole scene where she's like either you talk to me or you end up in jail for the rest of your life. And that is apparently all he needs to totally
1: change his entire character. So, Roxanne has successfully mentored him after meeting him twice.
0: Um, yeah, and this is kind of, like, especially because she's like, I know you, and I know you're a good kid. But, like, the only interaction they've had is eating pizza for a couple of hours. That's it. Right. So, I don't know. I can't usually tell somebody's character from pizza. Although, I guess you could, like, depending on how they eat the pizza. Or, like, what the pizza toppings they choose Mm. are. Like, you know, some people are, like, super against pineapple on pizza, I'm not one of those people. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, this all ends with like Jordan coming to, uh, we'll talk about this block party later, but coming to the block party and he like makes amends with uh, George and Cecilia. Also something that wouldn't happen in real life. Like, like, oh, all you need to do is help us with this block party and you're forgiven. And Cecilia gets her earrings back. thing that's important about the earrings is that they were, like... They were
1: given to her by Simon.
0: And Simon's gone forever now, so... <laughs> that's it. This is... I feel like... I get why they put this... He- no, I don't. I don't understand why the storyline was in this episode. It didn't have any point. I feel like if they wanted to do a Roxanne mentoring a kid kind of thing, they could have stretched it out over a few episodes to make it more realistic... Instead, they tried to, like, shoehorn this in, and, I don't know, it lost any value it could have had. They could have just dropped it in the last episode, like, you
1: know, whatever, Chandler and Roxanne abandoned their good deed.
0: Uh, But alas. So, we'll uh, we'll circle back to Kevin now. Um, So, when we return from the cold open, the neighborhood watch meeting is well underway, and uh, everybody who's anybody is there. And it's gone really successfully And basically uh, Kevin is saying like These are the things you can do to keep the neighborhood safe And look out for your fellow neighbors And this is how we can make Lanoke a better community
1: And then there's this old man Who is like What about guns? We need guns And Kevin is like no We don't need guns Um, He's like the police have guns and are trained how to use them So if you If you find an intruder in your home Call the police And this man is still just adamant about having a gun
0: And, uh, so the way that Kevin decides to, like, appease him is to give him his, like, personal card with all of his information on it, like, uh, saying, hey, here, if if you ever need anything, give me a call. Um, this is when he gets called away about the robbery, and then the next time we see Kevin, it's because, uh, Fred, which is the name of this old man, has decided to basically have him as his, like, Sir- houseboy, yeah, houseboy. That's exactly it. That's the word I was looking for. We have scenes of Kevin making Fred a sandwich, walking his dog, mowing the lawn, getting him soy milk, just all of these things. And Fred's kind of just like, "You're here to serve me. That's why you're here." And so this is like, like Kevin's whole like shtick. This episode, it's like I feel like it's supposed to be funny. Um, in the end, he gets set up with. Uh, Fred gets set up with Mrs. Bink.
1: Yeah, and, and they are a match made in heaven.
0: Yeah. Um, I thought at first, like, Fred was there to replace Mrs. Bink because they ha- kind of have that same, like... Vibe? Yeah, and also, like, they they give the same, like, I don't know, character to the show. This is, like, something I've noticed in 7th Heaven. It's very, like, they don't really have original characters. Right. People are just there to replace other people. But Mrs. Bink is still here. She looked really different, but she's still there. And that's it. Yeah, It was nice to see Kevin forced to do things for other people, though. Um,
1: yeah. But that's about it. <laughs> it wasn't a good
0: storyline. No, it wasn't. Story line. No, it really, really wasn't. Um, and then we'll talk about what is obviously the... What, for me, was obviously the worst storyline <laughs> of this episode. Paris um, and Chandler. So, as we kind of said... Um,
1: uh, so... I know. The Rev is basically telling Chandler, like, You need to go on dates and Chandler is like, No, I'm still so heartbroken. So at the fam with the neighborhood watch, I was like the family watch meeting. <laughs> at the neighborhood watch meeting, um Paris is in the cam kitchen getting coffee and then like the Rev sends Chandler in to go also get coffee. So haha hijinks ensue and they run into each other and Paris spills the coffee. And they have a laugh about it, and Chandler forgets how to speak to women, and is like, "Oh well, um, do you want to get lunch or something?" He somehow... No, wait, he, that's not what happens now. I don't know what. Well, happens they basically
0: there. are like kind of infatuated each other. We have scenes where Chandler keeps on staring at Paris, and later Paris staring Paris is staring at Chandler. And they're kind of, like, talking to the Rev and Annie, respectively, being like, oh, she's too old for me, or he's too young for me. Am I ready to date? Oh, Dick b- screwed me over. <laughs> like, <laughs> the these things. The whole two
1: episodes he appeared in.
0: Um, so th- this is when um, what Aaron was talking about, he finally, like, gets up the courage to call, um, and he, like, gives this line, which is just horrible. He's like, uh, well, I already spilled coffee on you. Do you mind if I spill some l- lunch on you, too, today? And she's like, just be yourself, please. (laughs) Stop. And they end up going to lunch together. Um, Although she, like, basically says, look, I'm not here for dating. I want a friend. I don't really trust my taste in men right now. Can we be friends? And they basically spend the whole day together eating hot dogs, going to the movies, getting coffee. Uh, Other things
1: like that. Um, So when they... Okay so they they return to the Camden's house yeah yeah where they like Chandler kisses Paris and then she's like no we have to just be friends but then they're overcome with passion and start making out and in more hijinks ensue and Paris ends up like leaning up against the doorbell and luckily peter answers the door um at the camden's house
0: first so many questions also he's
1: immediately there he's like waiting for them because the door opens as soon as the doorbell rings
0: many questions here why are they making out on the camden's porch um
1: right that's number one probably why
0: is peter answering the camden's door um you know like all of these things uh also why didn't they hear the door open I feel like when you, when you, they, like, the door opening was pretty loud. Yeah. I would have jumped apart from the person I was making out with then, but instead you have to wait until Peter goes, hello! And then they're like, oh my god, we weren't doing anything. Like I said, they were overcome with passion. I guess. I mean, you should see their faces afterwards. Lipstick
1: everywhere. Well, anyway, so that happens, and then. Peter's like, where have you been all day? And Chandler says they were doing the Lord's work or something that's supposed to be funny, I guess.
0: And, yeah, there's more like, oh, they're flushed. And what do they do now? Are they really going to do this thing? And Peter, like, eventually gives his, like, I guess permission to Chandler. Like, just, I know that you're going to treat my mom right, so do you, dude. And I guess this is a thing that is now happening, Paris and Chandler. Yeah. I don't understand. But is
1: it happening Well, anyway.
0: (laughs) So then I guess... I don't ship it.
1: (laughs) That leaves us to our last storyline and what is arguably the main storyline of this big block party that the Camdens are going to throw. And by the Camdens, I mean, obviously, Annie is doing all of the work for it. Um, uh, So they also decide at some point... That the block party is also going to be a welcome to the neighborhood party for the Dupree's. Now, if you do recall from last episode, that was Ruthie's project when the Rev asked everyone to choose, like, I don't know, some someone to help or whatever. Um, so Ruthie's like, oh, yeah, they just moved to the neighborhood, which it was established that they did not just move to the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, they've been there for a few months now. But they're like, OK,
1: so we'll invite over the Dupree's and it'll be great. We can welcome them to the neighborhood. Then begins a series of scenes that are exhausting and annoying and lead you to believe all of the wrong things.
0: On purpose, and it's so bad. So um, we, ha- we have a bunch of scenes where like everybody's preparing for the block party, so we have Annie going to the florist, we have Lucy going to a grocer, and they're all like, happy to give you these things for free, also... Looking forward to the block party. Uh, Wanting to be a part of the community and the neighborhood. Who are the (laughs) (laughs) Duprees?
1: And they ask questions like, are they uh, Americans? Are they like us? Where are they from? You know.
0: It's like, oh, that last name. That's different. Where do you think that's from? Just like all this stuff, which I don't know. I've never witnessed happening in real life. (laughs) And also... What? Like I really need... Okay, my main question about this That's is It's like not
1: even thinly veiled racism. Right. It's just like like people aren't that racist usually normally. I mean like
0: yeah, you're either racist just racist like 100% all the way to the extreme racist like and you say all the worst things or you're quietly racist and you think these things and you make faces but you don't say certain things out loud. But like my main thing with this is how big is Glen Oak? Because sometimes they make Glen Oaks seem like this, like, city, like, this, like, maybe big, like, suburban area. But then other times they make it seem like this really small town because everybody knows everybody's business. And everybody's like, yeah, the block party, I'll be there. And, and
1: even though the Dupree's are new to the neighborhood, like, every, people still don't know, like, Glen Oak is supposed to be this small place where everybody knows each other sometimes. Yeah. And that's and, the thing.
0: It's not yeah, consistent.
1: And nobody has met the Dupree's yet. <laughs>
0: Um, so while this is happening, we have scenes with, well, first of all, Jill's parents, the Duprees, uh, Mo and Nadia Dupree, are very hesitant about, well, first they were supposed to come to the neighborhood watch meeting, which they didn't come to, but then also coming to the block party. So the Rev kind of takes it into his own hands, and he's like, I'll handle this. So he sets up a meeting with them at the church, where they basically explain that the last time they were somewhere, their neighborhood basically, like kicked them turned out. Turned against them, yeah. yeah. And that's why they moved, and they don't want to deal with that again. They just want to, and, like, Moe's like... Be
1: anonymous, yeah. basically.
0: Moe's like, I need to protect my family. I don't want to have to move them again. Like, this, if we just keep, like, keep ourselves to ourselves, we don't have to deal with, like, people being prejudiced against us. This is also another thing. The re- like, I don't know why 7th Heaven does this, but they very rarely use the word racism. They use, like, Prejudice,
1: prejudice. Yeah, yeah, prejudice.
0: Or like being like, oh, uh, something about like making decisions about people based on their heritage or the color of their skin. I don't understand why racism is such a like. Do you remember in the the first episode? Like,
1: yeah, the, the fifth episode of the entire series. Yeah,
0: the uh, the one with the church yeah, burned burning. down. They never use the word racism. Yeah and i feel like i don't i i i wish that was a, that was something we could ask Brenda Hampton like why did you not use the word for what it is mm. i don't know uh but yeah they're like we don't want to be prejudiced against like so and uh that for and that like i don't know apparently the rev being like no we're all different Glen Oak is different
1: they're like, okay, we'll come and meet everyone.
0: But just when they decide to say yes, the entire town decides to say no. Uh,
1: um, and we now learn that they all think that they are French. Um, there is, the Rev holds an emergency neighborhood watch meeting to get everybody over to the house so he can say, shame on you for not wanting to come to the block party because of the Dupree's heritage. Um, And then he learns that they're all like, Dupree, it's French, right? And they're like, no, the Duprees are Muslim.
0: And then they're still not coming.
1: Yeah, and the Rev scolds them all about how, how, like, I don't know, how fucked up they all are.
0: Yeah, um, so just like for anybody who doesn't remember, because this is a thing that happened. So this is all as a reaction to... Um, so this is taking place in 2003 still. I'm pretty sure this is still 2003. Yes. Um, so the end of 2003, the Iraq War has um, is well underway. And the French... Like, France did not support the U.S. in the war. And because of this, at the time, the U.S. had... Like, many people in the U.S. had a lot of, like, anti-French sentiments. And this is what, I guess, this episode was trying to portray. That, like we can't trust them because they didn't support us in the war. There's even some, like, line where, like, we wouldn't be at war if it wasn't for the French, which... It's not true. That doesn't seem right to me. Um, So that's what's happening. And then once they figure out they're not French, they're still being racist because they're like, oh, well, they're Muslim. Um, And, yeah, the Rev gives his, as Aaron says, gives his little speech...
1: And luckily, we find out the next day that it worked, and everybody changed their minds about Muslims because the Rev is such an eloquent speaker.
0: Um, actually, just wanting to correct you for a second. It's not even the next day. It's within hours. Oh. <laughs> the, the emergency neighborhood watch meeting is, like, the it's day like immediately
1: the- <laughs> before the block party. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. Uh, so the block party goes, like, well, the Dupree shows up. First, the Duprees show up, and at first, nobody's there except for the Camdens, the Camden adjacents. And then it's like, oh, I guess nobody's coming. It's okay. We only need you guys to welcome us into the neighborhood. And then Annie
1: has the scene. The doorbell rings and she goes to the front door and she opens it and it like kind of just zooms in on her face. And she's like, oh, my. Uh, and, of course, the entire neighborhood has arrived. And she leads them all marching through the house. But, like, it's a mob. It's a full. Everyone arrived at once.
0: Yeah, so there that was like so I complained about this when I was watching it. I felt like it would have been a lot more meaningful to have like a few people come in at a time and then all of a sudden everybody else is coming in. But instead, it's like there's people coming in from the back door, there's people coming in from like the backyard entrance, everybody's just like coming upon them. And we have this very like meant to be poignant scene of the one guy who was being the most racist at the emergency watch meeting being like, Mr. Dupree, Mrs. Dupree welcome to the neighborhood. (laughs) And, like, it's
1: like, oh. And they're all one big happy neighborhood family now.
0: And uh, that's the end of the episode. Wow. Yeah. There's, like, stuff in there where Jill and Ruthie have a little mini fight because Ruthie.
1: Just a side note about Jill. She, her and the actress that played Yasmin went to, like, the same acting class because they have no affect. They're just, like. I don't know, Ruthie. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, they have the same they have similar yeah, they definitely have similar deliveries. Maybe they have similar accents also. I mean, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, that's the episode. As I mentioned in my first impression, it really is a rehash of episode like the episode with Yasmin in the past.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, although I guess this was on a wider scale because it included the entire neighborhood being racist. And the French. And the French. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. The French get really attacked on 7th Heaven. This is not the first time. Yeah, this is not... Brenda Hampton is
1: not a fan of French people.
0: Um, But I will say that, like... I mean, I get it. I get that this is a feel-good family show and that this is not the best that, like, television can offer. This is no, like, Breaking Bad or whatever, right? (laughs) But, like... What? (laughs) What is this? Not a good show. Uh, But my favorite, and it just irks me that we're supposed to believe that people who clearly, in their hearts, believe these hard things about other people have their minds changed because one man goes, "What you're doing is wrong," and then they're like, "What we're doing is wrong. You're right. They're fine." Like I don't know. No, you're
1: absolutely right. It's not at all based in reality or what actually, whatever happened. People would be yelling at the Rev.
0: Yeah, and or, like, I get if, like, you get got some of the neighborhood... No, I feel like it would be much better if you had not all of the neighborhood coming through, but you had, like, you know, like, 15 or so people coming instead of, like, 30 or 50 or whatever. How many people came like through? Like, everybody
1: slowly comes around. Yeah.
0: You know, because, like, that's not what the real world is like. People, like, you can scream in their face all you want about how wrong they are. That's not how it works.
1: This is correct.
0: But, yeah, I guess... I'm getting a bit too political now. Um, what would you rate this episode? Um, I'm
1: giving it a solid 1.5.
0: Yeah, you really, really disliked it. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, I think, going to give it a bit of a higher rating just because it was ridiculous and how entertaining it was. So let's give it a three.
1: Okay, so if you would like to continue listening to us, we have new episodes every wednesday and saturday at soundcloud.com slash camdencast on the apple itunes podcast app and on stitcher you can follow us on social media um on instagram and twitter our hand, our handle is at camdencast show and we are facebook.com slash camdencast and you could always email us at camdencast at gmail.com i'm erin
0: i'm tanby this is camdencast